0: For today, I get uh, to interview another special guest for our talk, and I'm excited about that. Uh, so, I, first off, I want to introduce everybody to Kristen Daly Mosier, who is joining us from Washington State this morning. Welcome, Kristen. Good morning. Nice to see you. And so glad you're with us from Washington. Actually, uh, our our moderator, Alicia, is in Washington, DC, and then you're in Washington state. So we are (laughs) spanning the United States today, everybody. How exciting. Uh, Kristen is a PhD candidate in theology and ethics at Garrett Theological Seminary, uh, which is on Northwestern University's campus, uh, close to us here in Chicago. And we first got to know Kristen when she attended BLC during her time on campus at Evanston. Uh, And since then, she has lived uh, in her home state of Washington, finishing her coursework, and now she's in the final stretch of completing her dissertation. And so we are either taking her away from that hard work this morning or inspiring it. I'm not sure which, but we'll see. Uh, (laughs) Kristen is passionate about theologizing better ways for Uh, our minds to conceive of God and to conceive of our world and the relationship between those things uh, and not just like do what's been handed down unthinkingly. And so she is somebody who is a total like kindred spirit of BLC. Uh, She's passionate about the inclusion of all people in faith communities, especially sexual minorities. And so I am so glad that she is up for being uh, our guest this morning. Uh, Kristen, the topic that we discussed you bringing uh, is uh, something that I think in, uh, immediately will sound like right up our alley here at Brownland Church. The The topic we have is decolonizing creation. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Right. That sounds intriguing. We use the word like decolonizing. You're like, tell me more. Uh, and so the, the idea here is that a, a vital challenge that the Jesus tradition poses to people like us in the modern 21st century world is that we got to decolonize the colonizing way that we relate to our world, to creation, to nature. And uh, and I think that is really intriguing. I think that all of us maybe are like, Oh yeah, captive audience. Okay. Tell me more what you have to say. But I want to challenge us before we, before we go into what Christian is going to say, because I think our discussion is going to be more than just preaching to the BLC choir. I want it to be more than that. I want us to think, how is, if we have ears to hear, how can what we hear today challenge us at our deepest levels rather than just give us fuel to judge those other people who we think are the problem in the world. That's my challenge to us as we march forward. So if any questions or comments come up for uh, all of you, as we do this, uh, you can feel free to put them in the chat. As we mentioned, Alicia will collect those so we can bring them to Kristen, but Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to stop with my preamble and pass it over to you. Can you tell us a little bit more about, what what we're talking about when we say decolonizing creation
1: yes um yeah thank you for that it's so good to be worshiping with you all again and um, so thank you for the invitation and this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart my work um you know, basically when you're doing a dissertation, like you are your work. Uh, So (laughs) there's there's not a lot of like differentiation there. Um, Is it healthy? No, but aside from that, so what in the world do I mean by decolonizing creation? So Vine Deloria Jr. um, notes a key difference in Euro-Christian reading and definitions of creation in terms of space or time where, uh, you know, for Euro-Christian depictions, creation is an event. It is the Genesis one, it recounts a singular moment uh, or a series of days, Um, count them, six, seven, um, six and the Sabbath. Um, And that establishes, in, in that singular moment, the world is established. That's creation. Indigenous and North American tribal religions, however, think of creation as an ecosystem present in a definable place. In other words, the reality of our existence is conceived of either by time, temporally, or by space, spatially. So that begs the question, Is creation merely the background for humanity's fall, Or is it a place of ongoing revelation of the triune God? And Euro-American forms of Christianity typically read creation through the lens of sin. Through modernity, we have also learned to read creation slash the natural world through the lens of scientific discovery. We know what we know about the non-human world Because, capital S, science. And this form of knowledge has been sold to us as universal. There is nature, the the not human, and there is culture, the human. There is matter, the material, physical, and there is spirit, the ephemeral. And at the risk of grossly oversimplifying all of this, That that dualistic structure of nature versus culture is our epistemological heritage. Um, It's what we have inherited um, for just the way that we frame everything, the way that we think. So the work of decolonizing begins with learning to recognize how each of us have, how our thought landscapes have developed. Um, How do we know what we know? But, decolonizing isn't about individual thought just like jesus isn't about individual salvation our epistemic heritage consists of a whole networked system of knowledge it's it's not quite the matrix um a little different a little messier (laughs) and which is to say that the work of decolonizing is both as personal as your own thought landscape and as vast as our planetary existence so let me just say this. It is, it, the work of decolonizing is deeply personal, but kids don't try this at home by hmm. yourself.
0: Hmm.
1: It's it's also, it, it's best done as a communal process, like yeah. in community together.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So how do you, Yeah. Yeah. I love this. So,
0: (laughs) because, yeah, so, so we're using, we're, we're like getting in really deep and using lots of like intense, big words. And what, but what I hear you saying is like, there is, there is a sense that uh, people uh, we have made people the center of the whole story of life uh, for all time. It's, it's human beings like me and our story. And then, Anything that we use up, or step on, or uh, or or, or uh, make a part of that story are just secondary things, and they don't matter to us, and they're not important, and uh, and it's just stuff for us to 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 uh, to be our props in in this story that we are telling about people like us, and uh, and you're encouraging us that that actually those things matter is that is that kind of like when we get down to like how this lives out concretely as I as I walk around, it's like how I treat my land, how I how I treat the, you know, like the what what I when I see litter on the street or something like that, like that all matters. Right, (laughs) right. Right. And so, uh, so I, I suppose my my follow up question, then would be, is if that is, uh, if that's the encouragement, uh, from, uh, from, uh, the, our faith tradition, but we've lived in a faith tradition that's sort of like made the story all about us. What, uh, how can, wh- what are, what are some movements we can make? I, 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 are there, are there, uh, like, uh, we, we're starting here and we need to more think about something like this. Are there, are there, uh, mm-hmm. are there spaces you can take us there? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, the funny thing is. It, when you when we can go back to John 3:16 um, and you know the simple for God so loved the world in in Greek the word for world is cosmos. So for God so loved the world not not explicitly the human world the
0: cosmos. for God so
1: loved yeah. the cosmos all things.
0: Hmm. <laughs> all things
1: all things, all things and then you know you start to maybe look at that verse in relationship to the the timeline that we have of um from big bang to when humanity shows up and um and for those of you who have heard, heard this this discussion i i will i don't have all the numbers but you know something like if if um all of history was on a clock, we would, humanity would be showing up in like the last 11 seconds or something like that. Oh, wow, and,
0: okay. <laughs> like,
1: everything else happens before humans even arrive on the scene. Um, so there's, you know, so so to say that for God so loved the world, or for, for God so loved, um, you know, ongoing, like there is no past tense with God really. Um the that God sent God's only child. And you know, then you start to to see this connection, this desire for the the created other. And then, you know, of course, John's prologue um, brings this out where there is there is the the word facing in the bosom. Of God and and just you know some of the language that that um that, that we don't always hear teased out is is so rich there in the um, bosom and, of God I,
0: yeah I like that I like that
1: yeah yeah so and the, and that's um you know the prologue of, uh, sorry I apologize for using <laughs> a lot of seminary speak but you know just the the first four chapters of the Gospel of John like just just you. I encourage everyone to just marinate in that for a while mm. Um, mm. because there's just so much language about, um, you know, what, what Jesus is doing. Um, and yeah. And, and divine love, like the word sitting, like the, the word came to to pitch pitch the tent mm. um, among humanity, um, among not just humanity, but in this world. So
0: yeah. mm.
1: um, the other, um, just to, to bring it back to, to scriptures or, to stay with scripture for 1 minute longer. Um my other favorite verse is in Mark and in the gospel of Mark um it's, it's you get a little bit of whiplash um <laughs> in reading it. But just that very first introductory chapter you know there's John in the wilderness um preparing the way. Jesus comes on the scene, gets baptized, the spirit expels Jesus into the wilderness and In Mark, you read, Jesus was with the wild animals and angels came to tend him. Like, there's sort of a temptation narrative there, but not really. It's just sort of an offhand thing. Like, yeah, you know, Satan, the accuser came and and whatever. There were 40 days, but Jesus was with the the wild animals. No other gospel mentions that. Yeah, I love it. (laughs)
0: I love this. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, that, that really, uh, striking, um, I've not heard that, uh, that idea of like, if, if the entire history of time was one turn around the clock, human beings show up in the last 11 seconds. Like that is, that's insane to think about. And, and, and the idea that uh, God's so loving the world. I mean, this is this is such a message for for our time, as uh, you know, certainly uh, as we think about the thing facing creation right now is, is our, our climate crisis. And, you know, we have like world leaders talking about the Paris agreements right now and, and trying to come up with new decisions to make. And none of us are at those world leader tables, but we are all people that live in this world Uh, and so maybe I can, I can bring this to, uh, some, some ways that we can shift our mindsets and, and you kind of, uh, you, 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 uh, offer to us, uh, three shifts that we can make. And so I'm wondering if you might walk us through that, the, the first shift, uh, that, that can be something that we can actually live out is a shift from, uh, a stewardship mindset to a solidarity mindset when it comes to creation, nature, the world, tell tell us more, Kristen. Yeah.
1: And. Now, mind you, the stewardship mind, mindset, like that's, um, it's not horrible. <laughs> like, I just want to say that. Like, so a lot of this was in response to um, in 1967, a historian, uh, Lynn White Jr., wrote an, an article called The Historical Roots of the Ecological Crisis and basically said it comes down to Judeo Christian religions. Who? Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, <laughs> who have seen uh, or who have legitimated uh, extraction of natural resources as a primary mode for, um, for for having a relationship with with the earth or non relationship, abusive relationship really mm-hmm. with the earth, mm-hmm. and so of course you know a lot of the- theologians took a bit of umbrage with that and said, well, wait a second. No, there's got to be something in, in our heritage that that um that says otherwise. And so it came down to, you know, looking at um Genesis 128 and hum- humans having dominion over the earth. And there was a lot of really good um intensive work done around what does that actually mean hmm. to have dominion over and so the stewardship model comes out of that because it is a recognition that, you know, humans are are placed on the earth, but when, but it's, it's this vision of the earth as God's temple. And so all of creation being set up as, as, um, you know, not only just this thing that was made uh, for our Use and enjoyment, or whatever, but like that, that God, gen, like God walked in the garden of, according to, to Genesis. Um, and so to, to kind of reposition humanity, um, a little bit closer to the earth, so that's you know, a step we're, in the right
0: direction, yeah, stewardship, yeah,
1: exactly. 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 So, you know, maybe thinking about stepping a little bit more lightly, too. Um, right. And, you know, we're supposed to, to, to take care of things. Um, but of course, there, you know, there were some others who were like, well, that's nice, but it really doesn't go far enough. Hmm. <laughs> and the uh, especially like a lot of uh, feminist writers said, you know, it's the it's the, the dualism that needs to be dismantled. It's that spirit, physicality, um, like that kind of division, um, you know, and largely because women have were um, conceived of more on the side of nature, men on the side of culture, and so in and this this is a hierarchy that started with Aristotle. So again it's a heritage, it's an inheritance that we're having to wrestle with and grapple with. Um, and so, you know, there were a lot of, uh, Elizabeth Johnson especially, she's a, a Catholic theologian um, and has done just some really great work. Um, her, her text um, that's most well-known is called, She Who Is. so attempting to um, retrieve from Christian tradition, words and and metaphors and, and models of God that are, um, more encompassing of, you know, it's, it's, it's not just men. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's not just the father and the son. Um, and, and, you know, so doing a lot of really intensive work around that. Um, and that moved towards a kinship kind of model Mm -hmm. where we are not only um, here to uh, corral the sheep and make sure all the hens and ducks are in a row, um, but that we are actually a part of. It. So, not just getting closer to the earth, but actually like completely decentering uh, human authority and mm. saying, you know what, we're really, we're, we are much more a part of this and our lives are entwined. And then you look to evolutionary science and you realize, like, you know, just how much DNA is shared, um, you know, the, how much water exists in our body. So, like, we're ocean salinity, like that's
0: We're all a part of the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a as I'm as I'm going about my life, the the if, if I'm somebody who is trying to um, live from a perspective, like God is working through me and I'm a part of what's happening in the world. That doesn't mean that I just have to be nice to this land, uh, nice to the things around me, or nice to uh, the, the 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 world that I trot upon, or my home, or whatever it is. Uh, my job is to be a kinship, be a, a like a sibling to to uh, to all of this. Uh, that, I guess that that's what this word solidarity is getting at. It is. It is. Um, and it's also
1: it's. It also comes from a sense of shared suffering so recognizing that there are vulnerable populations Uh. who consistently and and you know of course this is something that has been at the forefront um as as we're seeing like the cop 26 discussions like a lot of the the countries like especially in the in the pacific ocean are saying uh, excuse me um we we are not going to have any place to live. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not because of anything that, that they did. It's Yes. Yeah.
0: You're right. They're, they're deeply intertwined and it's just, and, and those of us who do not live, you know, so close to the sea level or something like that, just kind of live blind to that. Oh, that, this makes so much sense.
1: <laughs> yes. So that's, um, so that's kind of the first move of, you know, stewardship is a is step in the right direction, but really, we're we're, we need to go further like Mm -hmm. we just need to go further towards um you know a sense of kinship um and you know solidarity is even even further than that in in my mind like i see it as shared suffering Hmm. so you know and that's i mean
0: that's certainly in the jesus tradition shared suffering yes yeah absolutely
1: yes yes um so then the next movement, uh, thinking of uses and gifts, and making a kind of shift. Hmm. So, when we think about, it, you know, using the land sounds terrible these days. But up until about, I don't know, 20 years ago, that was kind of normal language. And in a lot of, in a lot of ways, it still is. Um, for example, just look at how our government is set up: Department of Natural Resources. Oh. Bureau of Reco- Reclamation, uh-huh. I mean, how many of our families benefited from the Homestead Act? Further west you go, a lot of our families benefited from the Homestead Act, and just thinking about, you know, something like Department of Natural Resources, and all of the conversations around pipelines and mining, you know, that is a, that is an extractive, um, uh-huh youth-based way of relating to the earth. And, you know, we can be all up in arms about, like, you know, one cause or another in along those lines. But, I mean, right now, my it, the lights in this house and in, in the internet, um, we have a lot of hydropower out here in the Pacific Northwest, which is great, but hydropower requires dams. Dams block fish passage, (laughs) and so like it's really this is this is the part about decolonizing is like you start pulling on one thread, and all of a sudden like you start seeing like these other things over here unravel, and you're thinking, okay, wait a second, no, I need some solid ground somewhere. But (laughs) so this is why I say like do the work communally (laughs) that you do not do by yourself.
0: That makes a lot of sense. There needs to be some sort of balance uh, from, from if, if, if we're talking about this from the spiritual perspective, if, if there is a God that is moving us toward these things to make these movements from stewardship to solidarity or uses to gifts, um to to do so uh, you know with believing that like the pressure is on me to make this happen that um if i don't do these things i'm bad or i'm going to hell or whatever it is that we might threaten ourselves with that will uh that will totally like cave us underneath its pressure and uh and there is a way to pursue these things or talk about these things that uh is real and that doesn't you know sugarcoat it but that actually challenges us and, and encourages us to make movements however mm-hmm uh reminding ourselves that we the, the way that we do this is is to do so you know with with people next to us and not believing that the entire world rests upon our shoulders to to fix this
1: exactly exactly no one person is going to fix it um mm. yeah
0: <laughs> is, is there are there things uh from you know this the this uses to gifts shift feels like something um i mean it, obviously it's a mindset but uh but it feels like something that can be pretty concrete in our daily life are there are there things that you do, Kristen, to try to like, like as you just like go about and live an American life, um, that you're trying to be like? This is a gift. I'm not using this. This isn't a natural resource just for me, but this is its thing that I am. I am together with. I'm on the same team as. Uh, are there things you do in your everyday life?
1: Yeah, I. Um, so, admittedly, like this is one thing that I wrestle with because mm-hmm. I, what I see in a lot of um, writing is. You know, just this immediate turn to indigenous spirituality, indigenous practices. Um, I am not indigenous at all, whatsoever. Like my my family definitely benefits from settler colonial movement across the United States. So, um, I I think one of the things that I do is I listen to a lot of mm. um, indigenous voices, womanist voices. Um, you know just scholars outside of the United States um, and also look for um, practices of gratitude that, that we have within the Christian tradition. Um, and I, I do want to say, um, Robin Wall kimmerers book, Reading Sweetgrass, uh, if Reading you- <laughs> sweet
0: Sweetgrass, okay. I,
1: I do highly recommend it. and she She has this beautiful little passage about strawberries Uh, which are called heart berries, and how they, they are, uh, they exhibit an an economy of gift, Hmm. um, which is also something that is um, true to indigenous communities, like Coast Salish communities here in the Pacific Northwest region. There's the tradition of the potlatch, uh, which is just this huge gift giving ceremony. Um, But again, like, I don't, I don't want to just, you know, turn immediately to that, like, these are these these rich, beautiful examples, but for my, myself, what I've tried to do is, um, just learn the names of plants, animals, oh, oh. <laughs> and when I can, I try to learn the, the Coast Salish names, um, because, that's how they've been known for so many thousands of years. Um, that's, that's a much slower process.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can say. you tell, tell us more about that? Because I've, I've not learned about uh, uh, that. Like um, what's the difference between the common name that I might know and what you're talking about?
1: Um, no, see, we're getting to the ends of my knowledge. So <laughs> you know, kind of pushing on the, on on the, on the edge there. Um, but you know, there's there's the the scientific name and that is given. There is a common name and um then there are the the indigenous names that okay. Um, okay. you know plants have been called. And yeah, I mean we'll, we'll I'll just go with those three. <laughs> so something like uh, Douglas fir. So that's the common name. The scientific name, I don't really know because again, <laughs> I haven't studied botany um yet. Uh, <laughs> And the indigenous name is still something that i have to learn so that's Mm. that's you know that's kind of my my growth point Hmm. right there um but there yeah so just something that that i'm aware of and then you know there are a lot of douglas fir around here but there are three specific ones that i try to go visit um in a park nearby and so i'll walk down and i call them the sisters yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just, you know, occasionally just try to go check on them and see how they're doing.
0: I love this. You know, we talk a great deal at Brownline about um giving dignity to individuals and, and how important that is in in our relating to those uh people whose backs against our wall are against the wall in society. And uh and that learning a name of somebody is something that, you know, so uh, so powerfully can give dignity and 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 uh, and and forces myself to stop and say I uh, I you know I'm incorporating this person into my life and into my memory and the same can be done uh, in our relating to our world to the to creation around us and so I love that it's, a, it's sort of a very practical thing I can do is learn the names of things love that
1: mm-hmm. yeah and you know in in the Lincoln Square area I remember seeing all sorts of little finches and sparrows and you know all those little guys they have names too
0: (laughs) yeah love that love that well there was one more uh shift that you were encouraging us toward uh so tell Mm -hmm. us more about what you mean when we talk about moving from classification to revelation
1: so with the yeah and that's um so so this kind of gets back to like that conversation around science um, and with the the names of plants, plants are all classified. Like this is how we have learned to uh, apprehend the world around us. Mm. We it's that again, tend- that
0: extraction thing. I'm pull- I'm pulling out for my use as the human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it.
1: Yes, yes. Kind of framing things in a way that I can understand it that fits into my own worldview or perspective. Um so the classification, you know, <laughs> genus, species, like uh, everything that um, we've all forgotten from biology one one and that's, you know, the way that, that we, that, that's how we learn how to see too, um, mm. you know, so we see something and, and immediately we're trying to track, okay, how do I, how do I comprehend what this thing is and where does it fit? In my own internal kind of um, classification system or, or comprehension, um, and that you know, it it again it serves a purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we're learning a lot more about the world around us, mushrooms. The film Fantastic Fungi, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, amazing, absolutely amazing. Mushrooms are just that's. Yeah, they're crazy. They're so amazing. Um, But it's not enough. Hmm. (laughs) It's just not enough. And so that, you know, as we see the world around us, as we see a a tree, a bird, um, a, a flower, you know, recognizing that it has a name, that it has been on the planet for or, you know, it and its kind has been Mm. on the planet for a really long time. Mm. And recognizing that here too, we can see some aspects of who God is, who the creator is. Because when we go back to John 3, 16, for God so loved the cosmos, God so loved the strawberry for it's ripening, for the petite flower on it, like God created that. Like God, um, you know, there, there's something there that can be contemplated, huh. and where we begin to see, like, oh, this is this is significant. There is significance in this leaf. There is significance in Um, the murder hornet has a purpose. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know what it is. We're still scared of them. But, (laughs) you know, like all of these creatures, like there is a kind of revelation. So, you know, God is not only a God of abundance and life, but God is a God of mushrooms, lichen, fungus that, that aid in the decay and the um, composting of of life and that i mean that again this is where we're we're bumping up to the edge of like where i've been thinking recently and it just blows my mind so yeah
0: yeah it strikes me that this is um one of the things that we often are doing when we are praying together here on sundays is, uh, we use the word like slow, you know, slow down. And it strikes me, this is a very slow way to live. This is a way to live that doesn't really work very well with capitalism. <laughs> it doesn't really work very well with like, you know, time is money and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that can, that, that's a, that presents a real challenge for us because the, we, we, we swim in that world and yet we're mm-hmm. being encouraged toward something else that you know a lot of times when we when we have the experience of being slowed down when we have the experience of trying to you know like lean into gratitude or you know like oh yes uh, contemplating the strawberry or something like that like it can be really beautiful and powerful but so much of our life just pulls us back into that fast pace get on the conveyor belt and move 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 um Mm -hmm. are, are there things whether it's practices that you yourself have discovered or practices that you admire from others are are there things that help you with that, that slowing down that this requires to make such a shift?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, it's there, there are so many practices that people have been talking about, particularly during this pandemic time. Sure, sure. Um, and so really, I think finding something that, Sparks your own interest, or hmm. that that just kind of hooks. Um, it's you know this is where you get to be a, a, a lowercase s scientist and kind of experiment with your own time huh. and experiment with your own practices and and you know just kind of try things like um, you are know, going for prairie walks or learning about the the reversal of the Chicago River. Like, huh. Huh. this great engineering feat. um then just when i learned about that it, it blew my i was like wait how do you how do you reverse okay um, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um so whether it's you know kind of finding some some new ways yeah that's it this is one of the things where I feel like it's, it's so personalized. Like, yes, of yes. course there's myriad of activities you could do journaling, know, like walking. Um, the, like, labyrinth walking, like it, there's so many things. Yes. Um,
0: yes. And in yes, some ways, right. And in some ways your encouragement to, to not, this is not something that you do alone. Um, can that that again can like uh, turn down that uh, the dial on the perfectionistic tendencies in all of us of like okay if I'm going to be somebody who's decolonizing the way I look at the world around me oh my gosh I have to notice everything I got to notice the strawberries oh my gosh wait there's a leaf over there I better notice that leaf oh shit you know like you know you're getting so much pressure right and uh, and what you're encouraging us is well like hold on hold on if we are all doing this if we as a community are trying to all pursue that at once. Well mm-hmm. then, what what is God leading me toward in this moment? You know, it can be it can be an incredibly like you know personal interaction with God of like what is the thing that I am to notice today, and I can leave the other things to be noticed by others who might be cooperating mm-hmm. with this God, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that can be a much more sane way uh, to put into practice what you're talking about without having to feel pressurized.
1: Yeah, and really, it's you know it this is also where it comes down to. Um, it, you know we we can be effective change agents when we're actually connected to our passions huh. so for some people um you know water rights and water issues will be a channel to pursue and hmm. for others it may be um questions around deforestation or um or even just you know the way that that land use happens within a given city um you know, that's that's where like it's it is really helpful to, to slow down and, and and you know know thyself.
0: Yes, yes <laughs> and
1: find community. And um, you know, f- so finding your passions and finding the outlet. Um I guess it to you know to to put a picture on it, it it's like a a, a pond or a lake is healthiest when there is a consistent input, like mm. source. And a consistent outflow. Yes. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know, if if we try to like block either end, that's when um a body of water will stagnate. Hmm. And so we need a consistent input and we need a consistent outflow um in order to to you know keep the activity going. Hmm.
0: Something we spent the summer uh, talking about a great deal in our church was tensions. And I can't help but think about some of the tensions that were our topics uh, uh, over the summer as we thought Mm -hmm. about, you know, I I feel this, I feel this, uh, this pull to be, uh, you know, a, a, a part of the solution in the world or a part of uh, justice and whether that's climate justice or any number, any matter of what, what we might be referring to there. But then I feel also all of these voices that are telling me, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, self care is so important. And I feel like, oh, but I, I just go head first into this and then I feel exhausted. Or I, you know, like take care of myself, but then I feel bad about myself because I'm not doing enough for other things. And 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 your your encouragement here, I think brings this once again right back to that tension place where we are not choosing between one or the other. We uh, we have the inflow and the outflow for uh, this body of water, and we're trusting that others are doing it too. Again, it, it all it all seems to to get so um, so frustrating in our brains when we think that we're the only person that this relies on, and when we can see ourselves as a member of a body, uh, as a member of uh, you know not just the body of like hey the other people in Brownline church who are thinking about the same thing this week after our talk with Kristen on Sunday, but like a member of a very large group of people that are trying in, in ways to decolonize the way that we relate to creation. If I am a part of that team and it's way bigger than me, all I'm responsible for in this moment is just, God, what are you having me notice today? What am, uh, what, what am I, what am I, you know, st- as I walk around t- later today, Sunday, November 14th, and I realize God, I just, I see that thing as a resource that I use rather than a gift or something that can reveal something about God to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's something I can handle. That's a responsibility that would be good for me to ingrain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and also a reminder too, that, um, you know, nature doesn't just happen in the prairies. Like there are thistles growing through sidewalks. So it's, you know, how we know nature, um, it's really as simple as just getting outside or even yep. inside. Like there are ecosystems in our own homes, which is a little disturbing to think about sometimes.
0: <laughs> um, the, the ants yeah. that are crawling on my floor right now, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. Um, so like it it really can start, um, you know, maybe, maybe you wanna start on the other, like on the outside of your front door um, rather than uh, within your own home. But, you know, just a reminder that you don't have to go to the wilderness because also the wilderness is a social construct, but mm, that's a different
0: mm. conversation. for a, Ooh, different to- a topic for another day. I love this, but, but yeah, <laughs> bringing this back to your, your reading of, uh, of this, this famous John three sixteen line of God so loved the cosmos, all things uh, mm-hmm. that God sent uh, himself through his son into the world. I mean, that, that is that is really powerful and beautiful, and that's the kind of thing that we're being called to participate in. Um, I wonder. I, I would. I would love for you to pray for us, Kristen, in a moment. But I just wonder if the, is there any like, uh, like a final kind of a charge or thought or something that's that's rattling around that maybe we haven't touched on yet that you want to end us with. I
1: hadn't thought about this. Um, <laughs> gosh, you know, I just always come back to just be true to yourself i mean really and genuinely um because you are a part an integral part of god's beloved creation god's beloved community and you know the the better you know what feeds you then the better you will feed others
0: Hmm. That just feels so important to important to close with because in many ways, what you've encouraged us toward uh, today it is a putting of human beings like us in our right place, mm-hmm. where we've maybe been on top. Mm-hmm. But even in doing that, that is not to say that we are not beloved. It is not to say that we are not, as you said, an integral part of this big creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is to connect it to, uh, just connect us to a a story that doesn't only include us.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's wonderful.
0: That's wonderful. Well, Kristen, as we come to a close for today, we're so grateful for you kind of letting us marinate in the idea of decolonizing Mm -hmm. creation. Would you pray for us as we come to a finish for this morning?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Be happy to Um, kind of pull up a quick. Prayers that I, I wrote, um, and then I, I became uh, part of the Episcopal Church recently, and they have this season called Rogation Tide that is, it comes after Lent, um, and, and it's just, it's wonderful history, absolutely fascinating, won't get into it here, but <laughs> I wrote a little a little prayer um, in in thinking about Rogation Tide because this is also um, a moment and and an invitation to simply walk and see. So let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Mother, who fills the world with beauty and yearnings for abundance, Open our eyes to recognize your handiwork, moving us toward life and love for all. That rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you as we pursue paths of solidarity for the sake of the one who will come again, through whom all things were made, the word and wisdom of God. Amen.